And welcome, welcome to another episode of Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always by my good friend Kevin Ducey, Urbana's finest. Kev, what's happening, man? Uh, sorry, man. I was I was making out with my wife listening to that love love music as we got ready. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's why I was doing it. I figured I'd I'd spread the love, man. So what's we got, up? We, we go from Ti motivation to like some some love, like. I was I was hoping Bobby Brown was about to pop in, but it didn't work out. Uh, you know, I was hoping we, you know, but I'm glad you you got a little love in to start. I'm hoping that your weekend was as good as it started on the show. So yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, it's funny. In fifth grade, I might have been sixth grade. I had this little tape recorder, and I was tape recording to Roni. And every time it said Roni, I would say Mary, and I sent it to this girl named Mary Owen. She ended up being like part owner of the Buffalo Bills. Like she's a, she's a big time baller now. So she's, that's Champagne Central's finest right there. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, I did that to Marge Shot of the the Reds' former owner. She didn't really like it, so uh, you know it's all good. Actually, I actually was in grade school with Mary, so like. Oh, uh, okay. All right. But anyway, welcome to another episode of Keeping Orange and Blue, sponsored by Hometown Hype Apparel. They kind of got these cool shirts. I don't know what you're wearing, Kev. But yeah, the keep it orange and blue shirts. You know, you can order those on Hometown Hype Apparel. Um, so get a hold of Scott two seven eight zero one two zero promo code orange and blue ten percent off your order. You can order one of these shirts. There's orange, blue, imagine that, and uh, white as well. So uh, youth large all the way up to three X. Uh, Scott's a great guy and a line I fan. Support a local line I fan who supports the show. We do appreciate him. Um, and uh, every week that goes by, remember there's an orange out Penn State. Get you, get you an Illini shirt. Head to Memorial Stadium uh, and join the 10,000 new season ticket holders. Kev, love it, dude. What great news! Awesome, 10,000 new season ticket holders. That's right, that's right. Uh, I'm super stoked for the season, but there's a lot of cool things going on. Um, Actually. You know, know a season ticket holder that might contribute to this show here a little bit later so we'll okay so we got some more stuff yeah we'll be talking about that for sure too um but with this show obviously kevin um you have mentioned you have you had a a segment called fade the deuce right uh and people liked it you know it was fun and i know this is a super thing a big a big thing in your life i've got into it a little more of late i wouldn't say i'm anywhere near your level of expertise on you know where to hit what to pick what not but i thought and kevin thought it'd be a great idea if we you know maybe could bring that and condense it down a little into its own show you know once a week kev and uh but we had to find someone that could go toe-to-toe with you and had some expertise in the field of you know betting gambling kev and i might be stepping out of my weight class ryan i might i mean like i i know my guy here he's pretty good (laughs) yeah uh, he, he uh, except for Major League Baseball, but we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this guy has to be an Illini guy, and he's got way more Illini background than I've ever had. I mean, uh, we'll let him introduce himself. But uh, so we're gonna have a weekly show called Fade the Deuce. Going to be thirty minutes or so, middle of the week every week. Going to talk about the biggest big all the Big Ten games and the biggest national college football games. And as the NFL season, we probably even throw some NFL in there just for fun, too. Absolutely. I think we got to put the NFL in there. So yes. without yes. further ado, I want to bring on Matt McCumber. Some of you. Hey, What's up, What's Matt? Up, guys? All right, man. Uh, Matt, it's uh, I'm glad that we can finally introduce this publicly and uh, get it get it rolling here. So August 23rd. Probably about nine o'clock Wednesday, August twenty third. We're gonna do the first fade the deuce episode. Um, and could you maybe for people who don't know of you or who are not on social media, because I know a lot of people who know who you are from social media have followed you, or maybe you follow them, or they, you know, just that's how Twitter works. Or yes, yeah. exactly. What's your background with Illinois, and you know what you used to do, and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I grew up in nearby Tuscola, Illinois, so uh, I'm from the two one seven. Um, real close. Uh, went Fred to the University of Illinois from Fred, Fred Wakefield represent. That's right. Fred Wakefield, uh, line and NFLer. Um, went to University of Illinois 2001 to 2005. While I was there, I was the student manager and head manager my senior year for the men's basketball team, NCAA national runner up team. Um, unbelievable experience. So 
Um, I've been going to Atlanta games ever since I was about three years old. Families had season tickets to both basketball and baseball for over 40 years. And, um, you know, I, I bleed orange and blue. So uh, this is this is great. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm glad to be a part of uh, Fade the Deuce and uh, see if I can uh, beat, beat the top spot here. Yeah, he's, I, I, uh, there's no doubts. I, I think I need some strokes here. I need a handicap here, Matt. As we're going hey, ahead not, not in Major League Baseball. I can attest on that. That's a tough, tough uh, and, tough. and I was making that joke because uh, it was funny when we were talking about doing the show. I happened to just I was looking at his Twitter feed or his X feed, uh, and his feed was just him ripping himself for like missing every single major league baseball bet, <laughs> even like where he was like, Oh, this is sure money, baby. And it was like, Oh, someone hit a grand salami with two outs. You know, absolutely. Anything and everything that can happen during a game has happened to me this year. Sometimes all you can do is laugh. Yeah. Um, you have to embrace it. Um, you're going to be bad sometimes. And I've been bad most of the major league season. Um, I have my moments. Um, I, I crawl back a little bit and then I go right back down, but, um, you know, it's part of the deal. And I I figure this is kind of how it's going to look for the people who are watching it. Obviously there's going to be tons of people who there's hundreds of people who listen to the show. So it's on Spotify or Apple podcasts. There's hundreds of people on each one that listen, but thousands end up watching this on Twitter, which is why we do it. So if for the people watching, I'm going to try to be my over here and have these two together there. And I'm just going to go down and name the, the, the we're going to, I'm going to talk about the games. I'll put the spreads at the bottom here and then I'll let them go at it and, ha- and we'll have some fun. Uh, so over the years, Matt, where is it that, what brought your eye to it where you were like, man, this is something that I want to watch and keep an eye on and you care about it deeply. So where did that start for you? Yeah. Are you talking more along the lines of uh, betting? Yeah. Yeah. Betting. Yeah. Betting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, I'm just an adrenaline junkie and I like to have something on the line when I'm watching a game now. <laughs> and I, I I do enjoy the statistics behind the sports and I try to be analytical about it. And I'm thinking, OK, so this team has got X, Y and Z. They're shooting, you know, X, Y and Z on the road versus a team that might be that might have terrible home defense. And I'm trying to play those odds. And I like getting into that nitty gritty of the numbers. Obviously, sometimes it doesn't always work out. Um, and that's just betting. But um, that's what really got it into me. And then obviously, I, I enjoy the rush and adrenaline of winning, of being in those moments, having your heart beat a little bit. And uh, I just play off of that. So uh, it's, it's funny. I was, um, <clears throat> my, my wife doesn't like that. She doesn't like me to gamble much, right? And, uh, this was a few. Oh, years, yeah. <laughs> this was a few years ago. Uh, it was like Sienna and Iona are playing, you know, and uh, the two most. Right, and I'm teams. just, and I'm, right. I'm locked in, and like my wife's like, "What? Why do you care?" Like I'm like, "Oh, uh, every, every shot, you know," and she's like, "Why are you so into this game?" And she's like, "You got money. You got money on it, don't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." It, she goes, How much money did you put on this? I'm like, five dollars, five whole. <laughs> because winning is winning it does it, winning is winning and that, and that that's something that this show will do for us as well is like even if i don't have money on the games that you and i are necessarily picking because we both unfortunately live right. in states where it makes it a little bit more difficult for us to do that unlike ryan which is very Absolutely. easy for him yes um it still is going to be like dude i want to beat matt like I, I i had fresno plus seven and a half and it's 11 o'clock at night, and it's yeah. the West Coast kickoff game. Fresno State, Hawaii. Let's Absolutely. roll, dude. Let's get this. You got to watch it. I'll, yeah. I'll be texting you and Twitter, and you're like, that's so much fun. Kev, it is. Kev, has got, Kev got me into that a little bit last year. So I had just last year, I'm on, uh, I'm okay. I can say we can talk DraftKings fan, do all the different ones, but I, I did DraftKings. So what I, where I, made a little bit of money and where I was trying to have my own little niche. Cause I'm not trying to throw away money. Cause I'm just not going to do it. Especially with, you know, trying to build up in my career, I'm doing different things and having, you know, young kids and stuff. So I would do the live betting at the, like at the end of the third quarter, you know, fourth quarter with the late night pack 12 or the mountain West games, like you mentioned, uh, like an example was with me last year when I think it was Fresno state at USC uh, I knew that um, I think that Jake Hayner had gotten hurt. Uh, 
So I looked at the spread real quick, knowing he was hurt before they changed the line. I'm like, no way in hell Fresno's coming back. Like, there ain't no way they're going to get to that 14-point plateau, and they didn't. I think it stayed 16. So I was like, shoot, I put $10 on it. I won, like, 25 You know, I thought it was something, man. Oh, yeah. Like, so – Live betting in basketball too can be really if you because you can be watching a game, especially when you're unbiased, when you take off the orange and blue goggles like we we all have. If you're watching yeah. just the third party game and you're seeing this team hit shot after shot with a hand in their face, and you're like, what? Like they can't. You know right. that's gonna that's they not gonna that. continue. Like you can clearly see the one team is better than the other team, but the score is not indicating it. A live bets can really turn right. an opportunity there to win. And I'm like, Matt, I think I love the science behind it. And there's science behind Vegas. There's science behind the science, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Ryan and I talked about this on the show last year early on, is that, you know, that Vegas will get the Vegas will get the get the pro betters. Off, we'll, we'll knock the pro betters off early in the season. I mean, first three, four weeks of NFL, college, pro betters struggle. I mean, you look at Scott Van Pelt's numbers. You look at Colin Cowherd. You look at... Brad Evans, first few weeks in football, they're just like, boom. And all the Joes are getting sucked in and winning these bets. And you're like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it flips. All of a sudden the, the pros recognize the commanders are getting three and a half points. That line makes no sense. They should be getting they should be getting 11. I'm jumping on the commanders getting three. <laughs> right. And then the yeah, win absolutely. outright. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think – uh let's i mean you know what i brought you on here for that introduction but i wanted you to be part of this too uh the illinois fo- football yeah, season you. predictions i figured this is something it's it's not just about betting and gambling you care about the games you care about who wins for illinois you want them to be successful and i know you follow it so yeah. i figure let's let's just for even for some bragging rights or whatever yeah, i love it yeah, yeah we can we can do it uh and we'll go ahead and this has been a big one we've wanted to wait to do you know, as we got closer to the season and figure it'd be a perfect time to bring you on. So um, with Illinois football season prediction. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, a lot of people I think had been have personally sleeping on Illinois. I think I texted you privately, Matt, and said, you know, like Illinois picked fourth in the West, you know, like that's just right. ridiculous. Like slap in their face. Uh, uh, so we'll go down each game and talk about it a little bit briefly and, give our, our prediction for the season. So, uh, Kev, I'll start with you. Uh, we'll, we'll hit up Toledo. Um, you know, I personally, uh, this is going to be Toledo's toughest game of the year. I think they're going to be favored to probably win every other game. It looked like I, I said mentioned before, Phil Steele has them being a favorite in every other game. And they easily could have won 11 games last year had they not sat their starting quarterback uh for the final two games. So it's going to be a tough home opener for Illinois against Toledo. I'm excited about it because I think Illinois is going to have their uh, chance to see a tough, uh, you know, athletic quarterback who they're going to see the next week in Kansas. Um, Yeah. We're not going to break down every game meaning like per se, but that's the first one I want to discuss is with Toledo at home, Kev, what's your thoughts on, you know, having a potential MAC champion, uh, you know, coming to Champaign and getting these guys ready for Kansas and Penn State. Well, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the Bielema is going to allow these guys to sleep on Toledo. I mean, by by no stretch. I think that there's been some people who've actually hyped up Toledo here a little bit. Some of the the podcasts I listen to from a gambling's perspective, I've already broke down this game, and most of them have been on the Illinois side. And I think Illinois is a pl- Illinois is minus ten and a half. Uh, last I heard, last I looked, I didn't really check before the show. Um, I do think Toledo is going to put up a fight, though. I think this is a really good football team. I think Toledo has some of the, the 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 bad the bad way to beat Illinois is to have a bad defense, right? Because uh, Illinois, I think, is going to have a very good defense, and I think we're going to have a bad, above average offense. So to beat us, you're going to have to have a solid defense. I don't think Toledo has that. And so, therefore, I think we're going to score. I think we're going to score more than enough to win. I think Illinois probably covers it. I'm looking, you know, obviously we'll make a game time prediction uh, of that week coming into it. But I think Illinois is going to win that, that game somewhere around like 34-20, something like that. And Matt. I don't know if I give him 20 points. 34-14, something yeah. like that. And Matt, I think 
if I recall, I think you might disagree with that actually, right? On final the score, final yeah, score? like yeah, yeah. I, I think I I think I had more like uh, what was it, thirty four ten somewhere thirty eight to seven. There. I have it in a test. Thirty eight seven. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I, I couldn't remember exactly what I texted you, but yeah, there we um, go. Opening that can. I I will say. Toledo is a very good team. Um, they proved that last year. They're going to prove it again this year, especially in the MAC. This will prepare them for the MAC. They'll, they'll be a very good team. Um, it's all going to depend on the first half here with a new quarterback in in the system. He gets his feet. Uh, Luke Altmaier, I would assume, is probably going to start for the Alana. He gets his feet underneath him and you know gets some confidence there. I think this could end up in the score I said uh, thirty eight to seven. Now, if there's some struggle time, um, I think Kev's right on the money there. I think um, there could be some, you know, a little scary moments there in the first half where the Illini are going to have to put up a fight and really defend them. But um, I, I see them covering here and, and, and taking it first game. I think, uh, you know, Finn, I think is his last name, the quarterback uh, from Toledo. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, you know, again, Daniel, Jaden Daniels and him are similar in some aspects, he's not. I don't believe Daniels is a lefty though for Kansas. But what I love about this is Toledo does have some shifty receivers. They've got you know tough, speedy kids who scrappy, you know, is the word, and they're not going to back down. But I think you're going to see this Illinois defense and how good that front seven is. Technically speaking, that's the difference. Toledo's not going to see anything like Illinois. You know, they may have seen Ohio State. I think they played Ohio State last year, but that was really the only thing any of the, of the next two seasons or the last two seasons that they've seen anything like the front seven of this Illinois team. I think having Ezekiel Holmes back and having Bryant, but then you're we're like, okay, cool. But we're not even talking about Gabe Jacobs or Seth Coleman right now either. Like that's just ferocious, ferocious, ferocious. And having Charlie Bullen coming in and, and, and coaching them up even more, you know, and, and just knowing that Johnny Newton and Randolph or have, have that chip on their shoulder that, you know, guys that could be drafted in the first three rounds. Toledo's not going to see anything like that at all. So I think that's going to be the difference. It may be seven. I would say uh, I think Illinois is going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. And I'll say, I'll say 35-10. Uh, it might be, you know, th- it could be 35-17, but I still think Illinois is going to cover. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm definitely excited to see the defense unleashed on this. Now, Kev. I know it seemed like I was saying we're going to do the whole, we're not going to do every game. That's the most important one for right now. But I will say uh, we'll do go ahead and do your uh, the highlights of the season. You think for Illinois, maybe where they could slip up, and what you think they're uh, or or surprise a team, and then your the win total at the end. So Kevin, go ahead. I'll let you you give us your win total, and then maybe where a, t- a game you think they slip up, and then maybe a game they surprise somebody. 10. I'm saying 10 and 2. Um, I'm bullish. I'm real bullish. I think the schedule is tough, but I think it sets up pretty nice for them. When you look at the overall schedule of this team and you say, what is the actual toughest game on paper? It's September 16th when Penn State comes to town. You got big noon kickoff here. I think the stadium will be electric. But that, that being said, our fans are fickle. They just are. They're a fickle bunch. I think that Kansas game is going to be really critical. I think it's going to be critical to what, what we see yeah. in, in in the attendance come September 16th against Penn State. Um, that, that also scares me with having a, a potential letdown the following week against a pretty good FAU team. Uh, however, you know, you look at this, and, and Kansas Kansas is like Toledo in that sense. Is they, they're a high-powered offense, and they're going to find a way to score some points. Their defense is suspect. And so I just really do not think that that's the way to beat this Illinois team because I think this Illinois team is going to find a way to ground, to, to grind you, out, grind it out, running the ball. And so overall, I see a 10-win season. I mean, I, I, I would predict that there's going to be some, some losses maybe that don't make sense and some wins that don't make sense. Um, I think when I broke it down, I mean, I, I'm looking at Kansas and Penn State. I mean, they, they go one and one there, and I'm still confident in a 10-win team because I don't see any other games on the schedule that I go, oh, Illinois is going to lose that football game. Uh, you know, you get – I mean, what what else is there? There's Iowa on the road is going to be a really, really tough game. Uh, I don't want to 
I'm, I'm going to say this mine before we do my whole breakdown and Matt, I'm going to say at Maryland's going to be a tough one. That that yeah. was my it's pick. A very tough yeah. game. It depends, it depends on what Maryland yeah. team shows up. Yeah. Because the, the right. right Maryland team shows up, they might be, they could be the snot out of us. You, I mean, you never know with them or, or we could win by 35. Uh, it's a, just an odd team. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Those, I those at Maryland, at Iowa, at Minnesota, awesome, tough games. Um, and Minnesota and Iowa are going to do the two things that I, that they're going to be able to stop the run and they're going to be able to play some defense. Are they going to be able to score enough to beat this is the question. And, and now Cade McNamara, like how serious is his, his little issue? Like, and there's no way that coach Ferentz is going to come out right now and be like, he really did aggravate it. It's a probably, you know, going to be out a few. He's not going to say that. It was like, Oh, it's not a big deal. It wasn't anything serious. Yeah. You're always got to, you, you have to take precaution with that, but just knowing Cade McNamara's, background you know that's still a cause for concern especially if that's just in practice what about when he's got yeah. you know Penn State's defense or Illinois's defense or you know Michigan's defense chasing him down that, that's going to be constant so and Luke, Lucas popped in our chat here um Lunkers with Lucas want him to take me fishing sometime uh you come down to Lake Texoma me and Matt will meet you there and we'll go We'll go, we'll, go, we'll go grab some stripers. So, so stripe bass and latex on. No, um, he says we got to stay healthy. Absolutely, I think Illinois has depth. I think I, I said this on our show last week. I think Barry Lunny was very cautious with the team last year and had to think about so much of the quarterback depth position and the running back depth, where we didn't really have much of it either last year, where he trusted those folks. I think there's a lot more depth at both those positions this year. The two, the two areas of concerns that I have for an injury are uh, defensive line, specifically Randolph and Newton. Um, that would be a very bad situation if we lost either one of those guys for a significant amount of time. And then on the offensive line side of things, uh, especially when you look at our three returning starters, like I think those guys are really critical to what we're doing in, in, in Chrysler, Adams, and Pearl. I think the other two spots, we've got enough depth. We've got some interchanges. But if we lose either one of those three guys for a significant period of time, it could be very detrimental to overall what this team could provide. So everywhere else, I think Illinois has significant depth that that we're building a program here that that, that doesn't that, – I wouldn't say it doesn't concern me because, of course, it concerns you because there's a reason why guys aren't first team. But I, I if, if Altmaier goes down, it's not quite the same last year as when DeVito went down, in my opinion. Um, granted, Art's got a little bit more experience than, say, O'Leary, uh, but Paddock's got a ton of experience there. And then we've got a ton of depth at the running back position. I think we're developing depth at the wide receiver position. Uh, Elsie and Miller are showing really well. So that's I'm going to say 10 and 2. So long, long-winded way of me saying that. And, I'm, I, and I, if, if we stay healthy, obviously. So 10 and 2 winning the West, correct, Kev? 100%. Okay. So we'll be in Indy. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Matt. <laughs> hey, I was about me and Kevin were pretty much about to play. No, I bought my plane tickets in my in my hotel, so I, I messed. <laughs> I ruined it all there. I just yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, Matt. Let's go. What you got? I'm going with nine, so I'm one below Kevin, but um, I I feel the same. Um, I, I look at this schedule that the line I have before them. Yeah, there's, you know, maybe a, up front or a couple of scary games. If your head's not in it, you could you could drop one. And then you I don't want them to hopefully look forward to that Penn State game when they're playing Kansas on the road with a very talented, as you mentioned, Jalen Daniels coming off an injury. They don't have the defense, but they're very skilled on offense and he can do a lot of things. So hopefully that's not a look ahead to the Penn State game. Um, and FAU is a very another very good non-con team. But you look at the Big Ten schedule; it's not going to get any easier than this year. Next year, the schedule flips. You know, the Michigan's, the Iowa States come, Ohio State's come back, um, and so this is the year to capitalize. And Bielema knows that. All the other coaches know that they're going to have these guys ready. Uh, is what I feel like, and um, you know, I. I am just so thrilled, uh, one, of what he's done in the state of Illinois, getting recruits and keeping them home. But two, Illinois football is not the laughing stock of the Big Ten anymore. Uh, you you got to play him. you got to prepare them, prepare for him. And Bielema had his team in every single game last year. They theoretically could have been a 10-11 yep. win team. Yep. Uh, they, 
they had some bounces against Indiana go wrong. The Michigan called late. I mean, you know, and they were seven and one. Yeah, exactly. They're sitting at seven and one in the middle of October. So it can be done again uh, with the same type of schedule. So I'm going nine wins uh, with a possible 10th of a bowl game. Yep. Um, And, but do you have them at nine and three winning the West? I got them winning the West. Okay. Yes, All do. right. So I, and they're going to be a rematch against yeah, Penn State. There we go. Yeah. I think, you know what, two or two or three of those big 10 network commentators, I think Jerry DiNardo says, agreed with you. Mike oh, Hall right. says that. And so does Howard Griffith. And I think, and I think oh, wow. that's a, that's a, a, a matchup that if Illinois, which I think Illinois is going to beat Penn State, I, I have that as one of their wins. That that's a team in a game that you know Illinois if they were in the Big Ten title game and Indy could win that again, and then and then I don't think though before we get ahead of ourselves I'm pretty sure the Rose Bowl wouldn't be where they went though I think the Rose Bowl is a college football playoff game this year, so I think yeah. if even if Illinois let's say they were ten and two and they wouldn't be in the playoff probably, so that stinks to a degree but I think they'd be in like the Cotton Bowl or something. Uh, and uh, yeah, so well, yeah, we'll with, Matt, Matt and I'd be all right with the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll be. He'll be okay with the Cotton, Cotton Bowl down there. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm staying at House McCumber. I'm driving down from Oklahoma City. To Dallas. There you go. Zach, he's for everybody. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, which I like Zaxby's by the way. Only when I go to Kentucky do I eat it. But uh, so. <laughs> I got nine and three too. I want to be different and say eight and four, but I'm not going to be the guy that's going to just, I can't say that just to, you know, just be different. Nine and three is where I have them. And while I do agree with Kevin, 10 and two, I think is very, very possible. The only reason I'm going nine and three is because I want to also be a little cautious because I know what happened with Michigan state last year. I know there's going to be one game. But we're like, oh yeah, we get this is a game. We, we're you know, we 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 take care of Minnesota every year. We got their number right. Well, Minnesota might show up to play in Minneapolis that day, and Maryland maybe two of Alolos just going thirty five for thirty six like he's done before, or you know maybe Jaden Daniels in Kansas that day just plays the best game. Yeah, you know, there's just I think there's room for. I, I don't have Iowa as one of their losses though, um, but I think they're going to split with Penn State and Kansas. And I could see them losing. I think they'll lose one of the Minnesota-Maryland games. And, you know, there's going to be one game in there where we just don't see it happening. And you know what? If that doesn't happen and they finish 10-2, and I'll sleep just fine. So, you know, that's okay too. Uh, So I got 9-3. and I got them uh, winning the West. Uh, And uh, I think Penn State is the best team in the East. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Michigan back there again this year. I don't have Ohio State winning. I know they've won several times with new quarterbacks, but you know, you lose CJ Stroud. Who are they plugging in? You know, I'm not sure. And I do know Penn State's yeah. got Drew Aller, who's new, but uh, I think uh, Drew Aller has at least had gotten, to, he's gotten to play even in mop up minutes. And uh, Franklin loves him, and the Big Ten crew thinks he's legit. Uh, I think it's a great thing that Illinois gets Penn State that early in the season, too. They get him early, and it'll be his first road game, you know, starting in a big hostile environment with big noon kickoff. Uh, you know, I think they get West Virginia and Delaware at home, and then they kind of come to Illinois and face a, a front seven that they probably won't be seeing, but maybe one or, you know, maybe one more time the rest of the year, maybe, you know, with Ohio State, I guess, Michigan. But yeah. still, oh, yeah, I think having him early is big. Uh, so that's why if this was in Happy Valley, I got to be honest. If, oh, no if if it was in Happy Valley in like week nine, I would pick Penn State. Yeah, but I would have said that last year before they went to all those damn. Yeah, that's lines, true. But, true. Um, yeah. I, I'll say this: you got you guys took uh, Penn State to meet Illinois in the Big Ten title game. Ryan, you said I'm yeah. taking Michigan. I, I, I'm taking Michigan. I think that I think Michigan's a college football playoff team. I think that Harbaugh has finally got his team where he wants it to be. He's, they're playing physical football. Um, I think that Ryan Day has a little bit of born on third. Thought he hit a triple syndrome. Um, I think there's a ton of talent in Columbus. Don't get me wrong. I mean, on both sides of the ball, 
Uh, but I'm going to go with the more experienced quarter. I'm going to go with the most experienced quarterback from those three teams, and I'm going to take Michigan as uh, as the. I think Michigan's going 12 and 0 uh, most likely, and they'll they'll see Illinois in the Big Ten championship. Hey, game. look at that, Kev. Gary yeah. Culp listening from Costa Rica, taking us to nine and three. Heck yeah, Gary, we love it, dude. That's right, Gary. Gary's got his uh, awesome. uh, international, keeping it orange and blue, going international. Yeah, hey, you, hopefully you rep this in uh, Costa Rica. By the way, I'm, I want to go there one day. We'll see how that works. Uh, but uh, we appreciate everybody listening from wherever the heck you're at. I think nine and three is a real popular consensus amongst folks who you know who followed the program for a while just with the defense, but. I think ten and two is not even as wild as that could sound, Kev. I, I think that it's very, very possible. Well, so hold on, hold on. Let's look, look at this thing when, when we're saying this, and I think we're all in agreement here. Ryan, you even brought it up. Illinois played thirteen football games last year. Of those thirteen football games, where you said, could you say definitively that that team was the better team than us? I think it was one time, and you already said it. I think it was the Michigan State game. Yeah. I think the rest. I, I, yeah, they, I mean, the Purdue game is questionable. But I, I mean, I can't say. I think Michigan State played better than this. I think. Yeah, I can't sit here and say that I think Purdue played better that game. I, 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 you know, I don't think that's true. I think had Illinois got the same type of uh, pass interference type calls, um, yeah, no, I think you can't. You have to call a game if the game's called even, which there's always going to one side's going to feel differently. But I think nationally, it was talked about. Well, uh, you, I mean, the interception was the, the Witherspoon interception was so huge they throw a touchdown on the next play right before the end of half. I mean, yeah, you, it changes the whole yep, concept. You can't discredit high that. towers, no, no touchdown against Indiana, and then we have all the questionable stuff against uh, Michigan, and then the the bowl game was right there. Like, I mean, I, I, I the only game I could say yeah. that I think Michigan St- was Michigan State. Matt, would you agree? Like, the only th- I, I think Michigan State yeah, beat us. I, I'll take I'll take that. I totally agree. I mean. Could have won every single game, yeah. <laughs> but besides that yeah. Michigan State game, uh, you know the bowl game they're winning the entire. The and entire honestly, game at and that bowl game, their wide receiver stepped out of bounds before he caught the ball. Like, well, yeah, I like I was there live, so I didn't. Yeah, even know. so yeah, like they show the replay of it where it's and it's it's they're like, oh, well, you could tell it. It does look like he stepped out, but is it's not definitive. Blah blah blah. Like he ste- you could see he stepped out, but. They didn't reverse it. It is what it is. Illinois blew the lead at the end of the game. And I think from what I've been told, you know, what Coach Bielema is, has been preaching to the guys too is like, look at that, all that look at all that meat you left on the bone from last year. You know, don't, don't finish all the meat on your bone this year because if you can do that, if you can clean your plate, I'm telling you guys, you should be an indie. And I know these guys um, were just stewing after the way that ended last year. I think they finished, what, one and four? Yeah, and that's and that's two years yeah. and that's two years in a row. You can go yeah. back to the Mar- the Maryland game, the Purdue game, the UTSA game from from two years ago. You flip, and there's another game I'm missing in those. Like, I mean, they had uh, per- Maryland, Purdue, uh, UTSA. I know U- I'm missing another one. UTSA, and then yeah. Ruck- Rutgers, Rutgers, yeah. Rutgers. Yes, when we ran the weird play at the end. Yeah, of the game. Just- Yes, Tony Peterson special, and they couldn't um, stop the, that seventeen-year-old quarterback on fourth down who hadn't played a, an ounce of college football, and he's able to elude guys and throw a, a first-down pass to somebody, and then they ended up scoring the winning touchdown on it, which is just a weird low-percentage fluke play. But again, that was another game they should have won. So, so just it's it's there's 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 things that are coming together. Teams got to learn how to win. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah. Matt. Matt saw it firsthand. He 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 was on the sideline with the team that when they finally realized who they were, just beat the snot out of teams. I think we might have a, a football level special season like that this year for us. Yeah, I sure hope so. It does. It's the art of winning is is a real thing, and you have to crawl before you can walk, and walk before you can run. And there are steps and. Um, you know, things you got to go through, uh, some major letdown moments before you can get to that next step. So hopefully, you know, this. Matt, is Matt were, you, were, were, you, were you there when we lost to Duke in the Sweet 16? Were you? I was, yes. And, and I, I imagine that stung a little bit for those guys because we, I mean, we, we certainly looked like we belonged Absolutely. on the floor with those guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I remember it just like as yesterday. I actually was filming the game up in uh, the uh, 300 sections as a, as a student manager and 
Um, JJ Reddick was JJ yeah, Reddick, I mean, Lou Aldang was Lou Aldang on that team. And Chris, Chris Duhon so, had some rib issues. Yeah, Chris, Chris Duhon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, but you know, I mean, both both sides uber talented, and the Illini were just you know maybe a a, a little young. Yeah. A little young in some spots here and there. It was but, like they I lost mean, by ten, and I remember it was just like Illinois was just a half step behind. It seemed. It, it was, yeah, and it was a couple balls didn't bounce away. You know, didn't get to fifty fifties. You know, there was a couple charges here and there. Swings momentum of the game, especially Duke. You, you know how they play and how Shusevsky always, you know, taught his guys defensively. But, but I, um, I, I think that Michigan game last year is is kind of the the, the Duke game. Same, I think that yeah. that's going to have that resonance with this team. That, that's my thought process. I don't feel that the, you can put the bowl game in the same regard because the, the bowl game was just you just had you had guys who were already prepping for the NFL. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. yeah not playing. And, and I will say too, that's Mississippi right. State pretty much had all their best players playing, and and I think they only had one or two guys sitting out. Forbes, and yeah. Illinois had what their four best players probably set out or three of them. Yeah. And then uh, so, and then you had other guys like, you know, was it Hightower didn't play, you know, and then Luke Ford didn't couldn't behave himself. So, you know, we had a bunch of guys that were contributing, just were not there, which is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, yeah. Matt, do you want to stay and finish this episode out, or are you? That's fine. Okay. I just want to. I don't want to. We're out. My welcome with you. Yeah. I know you were just kind of your first yeah. time. We don't want to push you past the forty-minute mark. You know, we don't. You got to get your, your. What is that? Your seat legs. Okay. I'm gonna need to get a beer. Next yeah. Time, yeah. What, Kev? Yeah. You're drinking a beer. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. So, from sounds. Um. You know, some notes from camp. We'll go over that real quick, and then talk a little about it. Illinois basketball in Spain. Um, from yeah, I'd, love to get, I'd love to get Matt's insight on the on the basketball team. I mean, I, I assume that Matt, you've kept up with what's going over there in Spain. Uh, the the lack of shooting, yeah. but overwhelming teams with depth and athleticism. And get get your thoughts on that too. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. if you want to go to that, or do you want me to finish the camp stuff real quick, Kev? What I'm hearing from camp. How, what do you want to do? You, go ahead and finish. The okay. Camp. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. So obviously, camp has started, but. You know, what is what am I hearing out of that so far is it sounds like and we had him on the show. I did over the summer. I think Kev was traveling, but I had Demetrius Hill on the show, uh, the FIU transfer, uh, who was a freshman All-American. Sounds like he's already, you know, making a name for himself and super impressive, impressing a lot of people. I'm expecting him to see quite a bit of time and to to play into that factor of a guy like Sidney Brown, you know, who's already what nine tackles in his pre his preseason yeah, debut yeah. at the Eagles. Yeah. Super impressive. Um, and then um, on the um, offensive side of the ball, it sounds like not just from what Brett Bielema mentioned in his presser, you know, Pat Bryant and, and Casey Washington are, are sticking out as the, the lead dogs there, but Malik Elzey and Sean Miller have, you know, been impressing people along with Ashton Hollins. So it looks like there's going to be a lot better depth on that receiving side of the ball and guys who can make plays. And I didn't even mention Isaiah Williams yet. Right. You know, so I think that wide receiver spot is going to be a whole lot better than maybe we were thinking. Uh, Altmeyer, you know, sounds like Leary and Paddock, I think Paddock's, you know, impressing them with his leadership abilities, the Ball State transfer, and Leary, you know, they're they're pushing hard for I think for to be the backup quarterback, uh, and you know, I think Altmeyer just has a little bit on him athleticism wise, and he throws a really good ball intermediate wise at least, uh, and uh, the tight end spot to me is is Griffin Moore going to be able to produce, and uh, uh, the transfer from Colorado State, I believe, is Arkin. Yeah, Tanner Arkin. Yeah, Tanner Arkin. Yeah, I think you're going to see those guys and maybe Henry Boyer even a little bit blocking. Um, so the running back position, as Kev mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Caden Fagan apparently just looks like a grown man, you know, running the ball. It sounds like Brett Bielema's really got that big – those big physical backs we always saw at, at Wisconsin, right? Like Clay – uh, you know, Monty Ball, yeah, Melvin Gordon. It looks like 
You know, he's got his his McRae and even Love showing out pretty well. But then having Fegan can come in, Caden Fegan come in and possibly get some some carries. I know Jordan Anderson, I guess, was dinged up a little bit, Kev, as you told me last week. And Aiden Lawfrey in there, I guess, broke one and took one to the house. He's a guy that I'm expecting to see uh, get some kick return, punt return type situations because yeah. of his breakaway speed. I, uh, I think I think Lenny's going to do what he can to get the ball in the hands of Lawfrey. Uh, Beatty, uh, Kamari Wilcher, those guys in space, obviously. You, you, you wanted he, he did a really nice job of doing that with Isaiah Williams. I think you have uh, guys you can do that with, uh, as well. And those guys this year that maybe didn't utilize much last year. Um, another interesting thing, did you see who was punting in the scrimmage? Caleb yeah, I think that was my final note is that Q <laughs> Robertson was left so much to be desired last year. I was just scratching my head thinking, why would Brett Bielma let him be our punter? Like, Because he was hurting the team. Who was it? Who was punting, Kev? Caleb Griffin. Yeah, Caleb and Griffin was punting. That's a heck of an athlete. That, that, wow. that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a 217 kid right there. So, yeah, you know. from Danville, the, the second right. Dirty D, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not everyone's favorite Decatur, but Danville. <laughs> Watch out for Danville. Uh, but hey, nothing wrong. Julian Pearl and Caleb Griffin, both from from Danville. Uh, but it sounds like, from what I've been hold, told too, that David Alano even might ha- come in and kick some. If you know, if Griffin's having to do kickoffs and punt, I think they have enough confidence. David Alano has already showed them his talent. Like he's going to be the kicker of the future. There's no doubt. He's. I, there's no way in heck. Uh, you know, I think Alana will be kicking the next three years. He'll be starting. I think oh, yeah. Griffin's going to be the guy this year to start, but they might even have some games where if well, Hughes, well, if Hughes just, you well, know, don't forget Declan Dooley's there too. I mean, it's a, he was a really high, highly thought of part yeah. of high school. So, but, but I think Hugh Robertson was really good the second half of the season. The first half of the season was really poor. He was, he was bad. Yeah. Um, but it sounds that's that's exciting for Caleb. I think you know he's worked his butt off to get to that. But the special teams, the bottom line is the special teams are going to be a whole lot better this year. With all the staff feels that way, that that things are just a lot more clean and they expect better field position, you know, and uh, confident in the kicker. And Caleb Griffin had a great year. I mean, if you remember, he had a big kick against Indiana last year that I had no confidence. I was like, no way he's going to make this. Just you know, he had struggled a little bit the year before. But from the beginning of last year, Caleb Griffin showed that he can make those those big plays. But uh, Matt, from the sounds of everything you know, we've heard, and maybe even you've heard from camp so far, um, is this does this feel just a little bit different than years past? To you like these teams are just legit now with Brett Bielema's coach. I I really think so. I mean, he's got a plan and he's implementing that plan, and I just. I didn't know the previous staff before. I mean, I, I know who was in charge and, you know, the coaches around, but it I always got the sense and the feel from people maybe around the program from afar. Now, I'm, I'm not in Illinois. I'm in Texas. But that things were a little chaotic, unorganized were some of the words I heard. And it is not that way from what I'm hearing with Bielema. And this guy, I mean, proven track record. He knows how to win in the Big Ten. He's proven it. He's been in the Big Ten title games. Um, he's got a plan. He knows what what it takes, and he's implementing it at Illinois. And that just goes back to my point. I mean, it's a legitimate football program now. The CEO, man, the CEO. That's exactly. right. He runs it like a business, and uh, and he he yeah. uh, he's got this the ship righted. And I think well, I don't know about I think Kevin. I don't know if you said it. Were were you thrilled when he first got hired? Because I wasn't at first. No, I was pissed off. And yeah, then, we both and were. And I started diving into it a little bit. And and I wanted him from day one, and I called it before he was even hired. I said, that's who they should get. And I got some blowback there, too. But it was for the same reason I just said. I'm like, I this guy knows how to win the league. I don't care what he's done other places. Like, give him a shot. What I mean, it can't be worse than what it was. Well, I, what, what, what thoroughly impressed me is uh, it was – first or second press conference, somebody asked him something about Arkansas. And he said, yeah, listen, I left a place, a program that was built and we had a great deal of success there. And I thought that I could do no wrong. And I was a little bit over, I was a little arrogant and rested on my laurels. And I I don't know exactly what he said, but that's the gist of what I got. And I was like, oh my goodness, this dude's grown up. Because what I I saw was just like this big, arrogant 
douchebag. You know, I just thought he was a big, arrogant prick that went to Iowa and coached at Wisconsin. I mean, like all the programs I want to be, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I, he started growing me immediately when I saw that. And then everything that he's done, he's just completely acting like a CEO of the program. And it comes down to this. In the last regime, Caleb Griffin would not be punting. He'd be punt returning. Um, uh, no, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way that would have ever happened. Right. No, I mean, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> there, there wouldn't be competition. There, there's, there's, We have competition at key spots. And, you know, we, we have yes. competition at just about every spot on the entire football team, with the exception of, you know, Isaiah Williams, Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, and everywhere else, like, dude, you got to go win. You got to go win your spot. Gabe Yakis, Seth Coleman, got to go win your spot because you got guys breathing down your neck. And that's what it should be at the Division One, Big Ten college football level. My last note on Brett was this, and, you know, not just the got to go home to get, take a ride on the wife comments at Arkansas, you know, whatever. He, he said some things like that at a presser, uh, but he had a reality show, too. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but he was coaching. Mm, you can look know. at it on YouTube. It's there. He, he kind of got wow. full of himself about into that third year after, you know, they were winning. I think they won eight games and. He had some NFL linemen and a running back uh, who Hunter Henry. Yep. Yeah, just he was rolling there, you know. And he was yeah. like, they should have won nine or ten games. I think his fourth year, but injuries kind of derailed that year. One of the things he said about that was not just the arrogance, but he took for granted the depth he had on O line, and he didn't think he was going to have three or three guys going to the draft. I think he had two or three one year. He didn't think they were all going, so that destroyed his next season when he had not as much depth as he wanted and he didn't have guys ready for those spots, meaning like they hadn't played much. And that really hurt him. And that's where the, the dwindling started going down. Uh, you know, had Brandon Allen as a quarterback too. That didn't hurt. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals backup quarterback. Yep. Um, you know, he had an NFL running back. And then offensive linemen, obviously, and offensive, you know, NFL tight ends. That doesn't hurt either. But the arrogance and the depth issue at O-line, which is why you see him hitting five, six, seven guys in each class to have that depth. Because people are like, well, do we need another offensive lineman? Why do we get another lineman? And, and, well, doing the, and, the, and in the transfer portal. Yeah, and the transfer portal because that killed him in Arkansas. And he said that that's not gonna, he's not going to let that happen again. So, so yeah. that's a whole different Brett Bielema. Now, quickly, as we wind down the show, uh, Matt, got – Yep. Illinois, three and zero, and Spain. Obviously, a lot to take away from that. The two of those teams, I think, really weren't adequate competition to judge per se. But that first game yeah. against the uh, Valencia All Stars, you know, plenty of guys on that team who played decently, a level high pro ball. You know, Illinois fought through things, came back and got a win. But the whole the whole time there, they didn't shoot the three ball very well at all. Uh, yeah, twenty one percent, twenty one percent over three games. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, I was what, gonna what, say they'd be lucky. Would, uh, to, would yeah. you say you think that's something that fans should be really worried about heading into October, November? You know, Damask didn't play. Who is gonna lift your percentage yeah. up five to ten points when he's shooting anyway? You know, he, he and should. you know you Correct. saw Nico already hitting some. I think he's gonna be more valuable than we think. But knowing that they have guys like Justin Harmon, who shot 34% last year, and Goody, who's going to be a 35% shooter when he gets all said and done, is that something that you're really worried about right now after three games in Spain? I don't take too much stock into it right now. I mean, I, I think um, I was lucky enough uh, when I coached college basketball. Um, well, one as a manager at Illinois, we took a foreign tour to Sweden, Finland, and Estonia. And then when I was at K-State, we went to – um, Italy and Switzerland. Um, so I've been on these trips. It is a grind. It's a lot of fun, but you got to understand they're taking a flight about 18 hours. These are big dudes sitting in uh, coach seats. They're not flying first class. I promise you that. Um, they're getting off a plane, getting onto a bus. They're getting to a hotel maybe late at night, and then they'll have one day before that they sightsee during the day get in a practice, a little shoot around about an hour, and then they play the next day. So, I mean, I mean, come on, it's a little different than, you know, flying, going to play at Iowa on a Wednesday night. Now, yes, do they need to be better shooting the three? Absolutely. Uh, 20% is not going to cut it. 
Um, I would think this team could be around 33 to 35%, hopefully for the year. Um, that would be a, a major, you know, answer prayer. Yeah. Like, guys, see Kevin, doing. Um, but like you, to your point, the Damask, I, I think he automatically gives you uh, some percentage points added to that. And then again, Luke Goody's going to shoot better. Uh, it's just going to be a fact. How much does the ball um, make? But I really like the makeup. Of how the much team. does the ball make a difference to the guys? Uh, the yeah, I, I think it makes a little difference. I, I'm sure you saw on the social media, they were practicing with a, a international ball for probably about three weeks leading up to it. So, I mean, yes, that's one difference. I mean, should it make that big a difference? No, but it's it does a little bit. Um, I will say this going over, yes, the competition is probably you get some teams that are grown men that have been playing uh high level pro ball over in, in that country, and then you get some that are 18, 19 year old kids just like college that haven't. Um, it is always very physical. The Europeans. They, they kind of get a knock for not being physical, but when you go over there and play them on their home turf, it is a physical brand of basketball. So um, I didn't get to watch any of these games, but I'm, I'm anxious to maybe talk to a member or two of the staff to see, you know, how, how they thought the physical you, uh, was. You're pretty decently close with Chester probably then, right? Yeah, I, I worked with Chester Frazier for – well, first of all, I – was a student manager when he came to University of Illinois, and I was the first person to pick him up from the uh, airport. Man, that's cool. I was the senior manager and picked him up from the airport. And then um, I worked with him at K-State with Coach Weber for four years, and our offices were right And that's why I'm asking, because when you said you were on the staff at K-State, yeah. I knew that you were close with Chester just because I'm like, hey, he was on the staff with him like the whole time, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So – you know, Chester and I still uh, keep in touch here and there, just through Instagram and stuff like that. I love that. watching um, his live videos. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, he 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 he's a clown in the best way possible, and he, you know he he knows I can yeah. call him that. Yeah. But um, he he's hilarious. Um, and he's just got he he's got a great way to handle the athlete of today. I think they really respect him. He knows how to coach him, um, and he doesn't take it so serious when he's on the court he's absolutely a thousand percent serious but he he's loving on him behind the scenes too in the best way possible so illinois had a, had a grand slam with and some of the things I, I i talked about on our last show when you look at the three-point percentages you have to look at who's taking them and what the, what the percentages are and, and does, does, absolutely does that concern you like you know we talked about it the first our, our show last week um sincere his nickname is Buckeye. I was going to start calling him Chuck. He shot 14 times yeah. before him. He went, one for, he went one for five or one for six that game. Uh, today, Goody and Shannon go a combined one of 10. And yeah. we were seven of 26 from three. Those guys, one of 10, that's an aberration. Let's, let's just be real. Yeah. Like, we don't expect those two to shoot 10%. I think you can take some highlights from today. Um, Roger, just by looking at the stat column, Ty Rogers, three of four from the free throw line. There we go. Five of five from the field, like that's that that's big. Uh, and I think he only had one turnover and three assists. Uh, Moretti had four assists, uh, one turnover, and Moretti had four assists in twenty minutes. So it's like there's some things there that they're, they're trying to find their way. I do I do think everybody's going to sit here and realize that point guard is going to be the, the concern, and what what are they going to do about it? Um, yeah. But I, at the same time, I think guys who we really questioned about where they fit in this lineup. Guys in the 9, 10, 11 range of the rotation all played pretty well over there and are saying, hey, guys, don't forget about us. And and, it's, and in my opinion, that's Harris, Moretti, and Hansberry. And I think all three yeah. of them raised their hand and uh, this trip and said, hey, we're going to make things really tough on you, Brad Underwood. Figure out what you're going to do. And, with and Tim, i got to be honest. I'm telling you, yeah. I have really liked, though, what I've seen from Nico Moretti. I think he's going to be a guy who can play, give Illinois some minutes playing the point guard to – give them some stabilization of a guy who's not going to turn the ball over, who can handle the ball. He can handle pressure. And if he's open from three, he can hit those. And he's shown that. Uh, it's, the, it's the nightmare Brad's going to have to deal with, because if you look at it, you add Namaskin. and I'm sorry, Demos, that, that, that's, that's 12 guys. If you're counting those three guys as, yeah. as possible contributors, that's 12 guys. And I say that. Lord, that make, that make Bruce Weber pull his hair out, huh, Matt? There's oh, be yeah. times, though. I guess my point is he's not going to be a guy that's just going to come in in game one and we're going to expect Nico to handle the ball a lot. It's going to be – there's going to be games where Ty has four or five turnovers. 
and maybe Dre's got a couple fouls or, you know, Harmon had turned it over a few times and they need someone to come in. Uh, and I think Nico's got the presence and the demeanor uh, where I don't think he thinks anything's too big. And he's, he's kind of a cool, cool cucumber type of dude. And I think Nico could help that, but I have confidence enough. And what I've seen from Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, I think he's going to be a nice, nice, nice surprise. I think it's interesting before he, they went to Spain, you know, me and Kevin had him on here and, you know, I had heard a lot of good things in, in camp and no one was talking about him. Right. Well, Dre gets on here. You get to see his personality, his perseverance, you know, how awesome of a young man he is. And then he goes over to Spain and is dominating. Now everybody's writing articles and talking about, oh, the emergence of Dre. Where did it come from? I'm like, well, they haven't even played a game yet. But I think it's already a real game. But he's already he's always been this dude. You know, I think when you watched him in overtime elite going against, he was playing five-star kids every game. Every oh, game yeah. he was going against dudes, some who, you know, are, are going to be top ten picks. You know, and he was leading yep. teams in scoring in some of those games. Like, if you think him going up against UMKC is going to deter him or Eastern right. Illinois, hey, shout out Rich McBride, right? Oh, that's right. I, great yeah, for King Rich. Rich McBride Love just it. got hired as an assistant from Marty Simmons at Eastern Illinois staff. So I want to give him a shout out. Congrats. Um, but yeah. there's, not, there's not a big – I don't think there's going to be a spot that Dre gives Lawhorn can't handle. Uh, and, and, and Amani Hansberry had a big double, double today. I think he's going to be a guy who gives, does the dirty things that Illinois really needed a lot last year. You know, there was so many loose ball rebounds and, and bu buckets given up under the hoop that you're just, I don't have hair, but he yeah. meant pulling hair out. Yeah. <laughs> I would have pulled my hair out if I could have. You know, and and, and Amani Hansberry ain't giving that up to anybody. So he's got a great competitive drive and spirit. But I think Marcus Damask is the key because he's he's basically Luke Goody who's been there, done that. You know what I mean? Like, I think Luke Goody would have been a guy who, if he would have played four years at Southern Illinois, could have probably put up close to 1,500 points and, you know, been a guy who is a, a leader of their team. But Damask's been there, done that, and he's super clutch. So there's a lot left on there that people I don't think anyone worried should be worried about. Right. Well, Kev, uh, anything uh, – we're going to finish up here with our final thought. Super happy you could come on, Matt. Thanks. And they won't yeah, ever go this long me. for you and fade the do. so don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> well, no, but I, I do think that, that – having Matt on and when, and when you can join us, especially during the basketball season to talk about some of the ins and outs, we would really love to have you brother. Really? Yeah, no, that'd be great. I, I would love to talk. Yeah. To you. So, and, and, and trust I'm, me, I'm I think when hoops season is hitting and even with football there, if you want it, whenever we'll have you on, definitely, you know, I, I think you'll be a regular on this show whenever you want to. And the fade, the deuce, even when football winds down college, we still have all the, the NFL is still going to be there. So. I still want right, that. And even right. once a week, if we talk the college basketball lines or whatever, I know that's a little tougher, maybe a little different, Yeah, but I think still worth to do. So Kev, yeah, final thoughts. Right. You got anything golf related? Um, I think there was there anything golf related to talk about Illini? Yeah. I, because I feel like I'm obligated now. I feel like I'm, I'm the voice of the people of the show when it comes to yeah. Illinois golf. Yeah. Uh, Nick Hardy, Thomas Dietrich played okay over the weekend. Um, their season, unfortunately, in the FedEx Cup standings has come to an end. Hardy finished uh, 49th this weekend. He needed uh, – so I put him 52nd overall in the FedEx Cup standings. So only the top 50 go on. Dietrich was like 54th. Uh, so, unfortunately for those guys, um, not the best weekend. Stricker didn't play this weekend in the Champions Tour. And then Adrian DeMont de Chasser, uh had his worst corn fairy outing. He finished top 40, finished 39th or something like that. So didn't play very well uh, comparatively to the field this week. So not the greatest week for Illinois basketball. Um, I will say this. My final thought is we struck gold with this young man here. I call him young. I think he just celebrated your 40th birthday, didn't you, dude? 41st. 41st. And you got a kid on the way too, right? I do. Yeah, is this your first January, one? So. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Finally, finally okay. doing it. But you know what? You lived yeah. it up in the first part of your life. You had a 
you, you've I done sure some did. cool, man. You've done some some cool things just from listening to you. Yeah. So yeah, your first part of your, you know, I'd say this first half of your life, right? I think everybody wants to live to be at least eighty. So we'll say that. Yeah. Um, you've done some really awesome things, and me and Kev have got to experience being a father's already. So I can tell you, to me, it's been the greatest joy of my life. So you get to experience that. That's awesome. So so that that's yes. awesome, and I'm and I'm I'm grateful to have you on here too. Um, well, thanks. I, I'll say this: that um, Matt and I share a mutual friend, uh, Todd Adams. Known Todd his whole life, and Todd speaks glowingly of Matt. And he used to tell me all the time, he's like, dude, you just got to connect with this dude somehow, some way." And so we did through social. Uh, this is the yeah. first time like we've ever really actually talked, and so I'm super happy to have you on board, buddy. You've, you've been nothing but kind to me whenever I've reached out to you. Like I, I, Matt and I'll DM each other on Twitter, but like, hey, what you what you like for this game, especially during the NCAA <laughs> tournament, because that's when I love gambling the most. But uh, right. we're, we're keeping it orange and blue. Is blessed to have you on board, man. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Matt, Matt yeah, Humber Chesney I, at the old Opry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fit right in. Yeah, sometimes you gotta laugh at yeah. yourself. You fit right, right in, though. I promise you. If 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 okay. with those boots and that cowboy hat, I mean, uh, not to interrupt you, Matt. Go ahead. I'll let you. Fit. You were. Talking. No, no, no. I was just saying. I I appreciate you guys having me on, and yeah, uh, thanks for uh, you know giving me a platform here, and hopefully uh, I can beat the deuce this year. Um, it's going to be a nice competition. Yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to those 12.30 a.m. DMs of uh, maybe a second half uh, out west game. Yeah. Um, So uh, I'm super stoked about UCLA and uh, Washington, Oregon, and USC being in the the 10. Um, It's just great for the conference. And, I mean, you can bet all day. So I'm happy. There's going to be late night Big Ten football. I'm excited about that. Like (laughs) – yeah, you know, exactly. Big Twelve out, you know, Pac twelve after dark. It's gonna be Big Ten after dark. It's gonna be from morning yeah. till dusk, from dusk to dawn. Love it, Matt. I, I, I smell a golf trip in Arizona. <laughs> oh, there we go. Because okay, I like because because my uncle Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona, legalized gambling over there, so we're good. I'm not related to him, hey. but it's just a joke. I was about to say you never told me you have family again in the <laughs> government. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I'm I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> yeah, Doug Ducey. Doug Ducey. Doug. That's oh awesome. man. Uh, so my final thought. You can take some of my, my final thought before welcoming and having Matt join us for some shows and having a good time is keep buying your season tickets or just tickets in general to Memorial Stadium. I mean, I really think this year is going to be so much fun that you might regret it if you don't get to a game or two. Uh, and Kev, we do have the ticket. You want to, we can talk about it. I prep it. We haven't finalized it yet, but I have a very good friend here in Oklahoma city who is who bought season tickets. Um, and the only game he's going to is the Penn state game. And he, he asked me, he's like, Hey, do you know anybody who wants the tickets? And what, what Ryan and I are working on doing and Matt would love your help, your insight here. Um, yeah. we're working on doing a raffle every week. We give away these two tickets and uh, basically, we're going to look look to we're going to basically keeping it orange and blue is going to adopt a charity of our choice. And for every like five, we haven't said it yet, but for every five dollars you donate, you get your name entered in a raffle there. And we're going to raise money for a foundation, for probably something to do with kids and illnesses there. And then we're going to also send some some lucky folks to some games. And you, you can donate those, give those tickets, whoever you want. But it's a way that we can give back to the community and support Illinois football this year. Awesome. Yeah, that's that'd be great. 100%. So I'm on board with that, man. And uh, anybody else who yeah, me too. may have tickets or you not know what to do with them. We'd love to yeah, we'd love to, to help you yeah. get that figured out. And, uh, you know, we just want people there who don't, you know, even if you can go to a game, go to a game. But there's people out there who don't can't go to a game or can't get the funds to do it or kids who'd like to go who haven't gone to their first games or whatever that we could try to help out. And we know some people who have, you know, charities, foundations, and do do things like that that have helped put hundreds of kids got to go to their first Illinois game over the last couple of years, which I thought that was neat. So I think uh, that's something we're going to be looking into. So anyway, it sounds like 10,000 new season tickets. You know, people are believing in, in uh, what Brett Bielema has got going. Uh, you know, Josh Whitman uh, has things rolling, in my opinion. You could tell the smile on his face with his – 
you know, uh, thanking the fans. Um, and so just be a part of it and, and come enjoy maybe some tailgating in lot 31. I know a, good, a bunch of good guys there who will be posted up and a bunch of live music before the games there in Grange Grove. I mean, it's just worth it. Go get to a football game this year. And I, 20 days, T minus 20 yeah, days. And, and I'm just excited, awesome. man. It's all, it's, it's gone by quick. Um, but anyway, we thank you everybody who subscribes here, who, who follows us, who subscribes on YouTube, Apple podcasts and Spotify. We do appreciate you. You have, helped us want to make shirts and do a second show for goodness sake. And Matt, Matt, where can folks follow you on Twitter for, for some of your gambling advice? Yes. Yeah. Um, I am not a professional. <laughs> I will just say that. <laughs> um, it is I L L underscore Texan 25. So got a little Illini twist to it. Um, now that I'm in, uh, in Texas and then uh, 25 at the okay. end. I L L Texan. Uh, I will, I'll try to get some little, I'll definitely get when you guys are doing the, the fade, the deuce, I'll, when you put your names oh. in. Sorry. I'll, I'm going to um, retract that. I took the 25 off. So it's just I L L underscore Texan. All right. I wanted to make sure, but yeah, I, t- I did to take the 25. So I'll get those names on the, bottom line there so we can get all that going with uh during the show fade the do so i'll make sure everybody gets to see that so all right with that said we do appreciate you thanks matt we'll be starting august 23rd for the first week of fade the deuce matt have a great uh, rest of your night and uh soon guys okay see y'all swallow me Thank out you ill <laughs> i and i hey, that's yes. my line <laughs> <laughs>